0: Hoping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. While standing as defense counsel for the soldiers charged with the Boston Massacre, John Adams said, facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. Today, however, facts tend to be hidden rather than stubborn. Not that this is anything new, mind you, but with today's information technology, the ability to unhide information is greater than ever. That's not to say there aren't those who want to keep information hidden they often hide behind sayings and euphemisms like uh, all the news that's fit to print experts say or even the label fact checkers it's a good thing that facts are stubborn otherwise they would be buried under a pile of horse manure taller than mount everest that's why i tell people get your information from the horse's mouth not the other end Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. One of the fundamental uh, aspects of the Constitution Study, one of our fun, founding and fundamental principles is to go to what I say now is go to the horse's mouth. It's that find the original documents. Go to the source if you want to know what is true. We've become lazy. We let other people figure things out for us. We let other people make decisions for us. We've let other people decide what we should and should not know, what we can and cannot be exposed to. And as much as people complain that, you know, oh, my God, they're hiding information. They've been hiding information from you since the very beginning. It's just now it's easier to get the rest of the story out. Now, whether it's uh, Anthony Fauci and Neil deGrasse Tyson hiding behind the the consensus of others or Mark Zuckerberg and the rest of big tech talking about their their fact checkers, what they're doing is hiding behind, uh, they're, they're hiding their facts. Don't double check me. Don't question me. I'm an expert. I have a consensus. I've had it fact check. And um, that basically is just more horse manure being piled on top of the facts. So I deal with almost every day someone stating something as fact without any proof or evidence. <laughs> it's even funny because when I respond saying, "Okay, where's your, where's your evidence? Where's your proof?" More often than not, they they don't even have any. They, they, you know, oh, the Supreme Court decided this. Okay, what court case? I don't know, but this other guy told me about it. You know, oh, the, you know, the, this, this was Ted. Well, how do you know? Well, I, I saw it on the news, or, or, or this expert said so. We've become detached from the idea that um, not everybody is correct. I'm not even saying they're trying to lie to you. I'm just saying not everybody is correct. That's not to say that there aren't people who are actually trying to lie to you. But how do you know that something is true? In fact, if you take the boot camp for the pages program, we talk about this, and it's actually one of the questions in in the quiz to pass the boot camp has to do with how do you know if a statement is true? How do you know if it's a fact or merely someone's opinion? now, Recently, this has come to light. I mean, it's come to light through the, the COVID nonsense over the last three years. People have stated as fact that the, 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 the injections, the mRNA treatments, stop the spread of COVID when, well, the facts are actually quite diff- different. I mean, facts supported by, you know, evidence and, and, and data. We've been told that um, it's a fact that we're all going to be dead in a few years of course the people saying that are basing it on data that on facts that have been proven wrong over and over and over again but we still fall for the lie and we still fall for the lie about the relationship of the 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 recent events and even even the history of the middle east and and, and the Pal- was the area known as palestine there's not a country palestine there's an area of the middle east that was commonly called palestine and in a recent example of people burying facts under a load of manure, remember, Facebook depends on fact checkers. They get people, they label them as fact checkers. Many of them, by the way, you know, they may be corporate media or others, but they, they're supposed to be ones that are actually checking the facts. Now, I laugh. When I go through my news feed and I see a, a title that starts out with fact check, I ignore it because... I'm pretty sure that those facts were never actually checked. See, the term fact-checker is supposed to refer to someone who looks at a stated fact and checks to see if it is so. That's kind of what a fact-checker is supposed to do. Nowadays, though, they don't. One of Facebook's fact-checkers suggested that no Israeli civilians were harmed when Hamas attacked the music festival um, last weekend, the other weekend. On October 7th, Hamas terrorists attacked. They used paragliders to fly into a music festival. There is video evidence of them slaughtering hundreds of people, but according to this fact-checker, not a single civilian, not a single Israeli civilian was harmed, much less killed, in this terrorist attack. Now, how many people are going to say, well, a fact checker said so, so it must be true, and believe it. Even worse, argue that it's so. See, in the world of facts, you've got the horse's mouth and the other end. If you go to the the fact checkers, you're listening to the other end of the horse. And if you're going to stand at the other end of the horse to get your information, you cannot complain when your shoes get dirty. If on the other hand you go to the source, well, what is the source? Is there an original source? Well, there's video. There's there's video of uh, the Hamas terrorists uh, attacking civilians, shooting them as they flee. Um, simply because somebody calls a calls themselves a fact checker doesn't mean anything. Uh, for example, uh, Representative Elon Omar. Uh, recently uh, uh posted a a picture claiming it was evidence of uh, of uh, child genocide in Palestine. Uh, you know she was she's been talking about, you know why did Hamas launch this war? Um she claimed that this uh, um, that the the Hamas massacre, the Hamas terrorist was um in response to uh, Israeli Defense Forces killing civilian non-combatants and children and posted an image of children, dead, wrapped, lying on the floor. There's just one problem. You see, the image was a repost from a Suleiman Ahmad who claimed that uh, this was child genocide in Palestine. 614 Palestinian children murdered by the Israeli IOF forces. There's just one itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny problem it was not an image of children killed by the Israeli Defense Forces. It wasn't even children killed in 2023. These were children killed in 2013 by Bashir al-Assad of Syria using sarin nerve gas. Now, does that make the tragedy of 600-plus children killed less? No, those are 614 tragedies those that that is terrible is it a reason to blame the israeli defense force for an action against uh, an action conducted by the former leader of uh, syria the dictator of syria no see this is these are facts being hidden oh i found a picture that supported my position let me claim it to be an excuse for this um the genocide being conducted by Hamas and Hezbollah, the terrorism being conducted by Hamas. Now, what's really interesting is is Elon Omar has been um, fairly vocal about uh, trying to to strike down uh, disinformation, I- insisting that that information that she labels as disinformation be, be kept off the airwaves. It, it it should not be on social media. It should not be. It should be censored. What about her disinformation? I'm not as interested in Ms. Omar's having her, her, her right to speak and publish infringed upon. What I am glad is when people say, wait a second, here's the facts. here's the evidence that the image Ms. Omar, that, that Ms. Omar's claim is false. See, she's standing at the back of the horse, shoveling exhaust onto you, trying to get you to support her position. While other people are looking saying, uh, uh, no, here's we're going to go to the horse's mouth and look at the facts. And, and of course, if there's a place that, that facts and data go to die, it, it's got to be politics. Now, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was recently on CNN, and she was asked to comment on a statement from uh, Governor DeSantis. And I don't know what Biden's going to do, but... We cannot accept people from Gaza into this country as refugees. I am not gonna do that. Uh if you look at how they behave, not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. None of them believe in Israel's right to exist. Okay, before I get to uh, uh Ms. casio Cortez's response, let me let me respond to this. Um my first point is there's certain things that you ne- that you should never say. All. None and never. Because in order to say that all uh, everyone who lives in Gaza, all of them are anti-Semitic, prove it. Are the vast majority of them anti-Semitic? Yeah, I would tend. To, I would say you've got a decent point there. Are the vast majority of them uh, wanting to destroy Israel? Yes. But the problem I come up with is when you st- when you say all, that means you have to prove that there's not a single individual in Gaza who is not anti-Semitic, and that's something you cannot prove. So that's a dangerous statement to begin with. But let's let's now listen to Ms. Actually, to the uh, the CNN host set up the question, and then uh, Ms. ocasio Cortez's response. Uh, there's a lot in there, but I wonder for you, does just- is he touching on something that, uh,
1: that is perhaps real here? Should Arab countries be taking on the lion's share of the burden to absorb what could be over a million, if not more, refugees from Gaza?
2: I think there's something to be said about the region's partners being able to support and step up Palestinians. However, that does not abdicate the United States from our historic role that we've played in the world of accepting refugees and allowing people to restart their lives here.
0: Let me start with that and the question of our historic role of accepting refugees. You know, historically, the United States has not so much accepted refugees. I mean, we have accepted refugees, but the whole idea was, yes, you're tired, you're poor. Those yearning to breathe free, um, that's kind of what we were looking for. And the question is, okay, uh, are we going to accept, uh, ref, quote-unquote, refugees from Gaza? Should we be the ones accepting refugees from Gaza? More importantly, should we be vetting them to find out, are these the, the anti-Semitic, anti-Israel? Are these people yearning to breathe free or to bring their own version of tyranny to the United States? We should have some, some standards. And uh, the other thing I want you to consider this is... Um, if these are refugees from gaza is it safe to assume that they are running from the consequences of their leadership the leadership that they put in place when was it back in 2003 2005 when israel gave relinquished control over gaza said here you've got it and they're the ones that put into into effect um they're they're the ones that elevated hamas to to a leadership position and these are the consequences. Does that mean we should blanketly not accept them? I don't think so. But it is something that should inform our decision about uh, which refugees we may or may not allow in the United States. But Ms. cortez goes on.
2: And I also want to address something very specific about what uh, Governor DeSantis said when he said, quote unquote, all Gazans are anti-Semitic how incredibly destructive and dangerous that rhetoric is. We just had a six-year-old boy stabbed 26 times this morning because of rhetoric like that. And it is dangerous. It is unacceptable. It is reckless. And no leader in the United States of America should be amplifying a message like that.
0: It's odd that I agree with Ms. Ocasio-Cortez in part. I agree that uh, using the word, assuming that all that everyone that lumping people into a group and labeling them and and prejudicially treating them based on that group you've lumped them in is wrong, but to say that such rhetoric is the cause of violence is um well it's childish and foolish to begin with, but i'd also like to consider Ms Cortez when your rhetoric has has in in encouraged violence or been been fiery, does that mean you should be held responsible as a a a representative of the United States when your rhetoric uh, can be used to um, maybe encourage somebody who's already uh, leaning towards violence, already has a bent towards violence? That, a normal human being, a, a, an adult, in control human being, listens to rhetoric like that. They may agree, they may disagree, they may get angry. They do not go out and stab children because of it. You already have to be warped and twisted to go out and stab a child because of uh, uh, of their heritage or where they were born. So in this one, in, in this one piece, we see um, the the facts being buried, being hidden on both sides. We have Governor DeSantis painting with too broad a brush. And we have Ms. cortez looking to blame a political opponent um, be, uh, as a covering up for um, some of the, the atrocities done in the name of uh, of a religion. Now, if we're going to be good, intelligent adults, what do we do? We walk away from the horse's back end, we head for the mouth, we try to find the truth, we put some intelligent thought and saying about on both sides, and say, uh, you know, Mister uh, Mister Santos, you went too far by saying all. I I would grant you the vast majority, but no, I I can't grant you all. That's illogical, irrational to say there isn't a single anti a non anti semitic uh, person in in Gaza. But I also look at Ms. akeja Cortez, which who's in many cases trying to justify the actions of a someone who's not right you have to have some sort of mental deficit in order to be willing to attack a six-year-old child and blaming that on a political opponent rather than realizing this is a disturbed person maybe what DeSantis said helped incite that but again where's your facts where's your evidence now I have to. I'm running late. I have to jump out to a break before I go. Though, please make AmericaOutloud.news a daily stop for news and information. But I'm going to ask you to do more. I'm going to ask you to find the stories, the articles, the videos, the podcast, something that enlightens you, something that opens your eyes, and share it. Share it wherever you can. Whether it's friends or family or on the on the internet, wherever you can. It's by exposing people to the front end of the horse, or by at least other parts of the horse that we do more than, 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 share information. We help to secure the blessings of liberty.
1: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
0: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality
2: supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
3: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month
0: of One Wellness. welcome back everyday americans to rejoin the constitution study today we're talking about the fact that fat that facts seem today seem to be hidden and, and how do we expose them how do we we access them so that we get the facts and and just the facts and not the well the propaganda and the rest of the manure that comes with it now we talked in the first segment about uh, uh you know different uh facts being stated that well let's just say weren't necessarily based on the truth They were, you know, fact checkers claiming that things that factually happened didn't happen and and a lot of that fun and games. But I want to take a look at this from a slightly different angle. And that is, okay, what happens when we watch people um, either skirt around or bury certain uh, what I would consider to be important facts? We're going to start off with an interview Joe Biden had on 60 Minutes.
4: Because of what we're seeing in the Middle East, is the threat of terrorism in the United States increased?
0: Yes. I had a meeting this morning with the Homeland Security people, with the FBI, for the Situation
4: Room, for the better part of an hour to discuss how we make sure that we prevent
0: a lone wolf and or any co- coordinated effort to try to do what was done in synagogues before, do what was done to Jews in the street. And so we're 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 making a major effort to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay, so there there's some facts. There was an attack in Israel. Does that mean that uh, uh there's a, a greater threat of terrorism in the US? Biden says yes, I had a meeting and we're doing all we can to uh to do protect ourselves So it doesn't what happened there doesn't happen here. Now what's interesting is um this uh also around, I think it was earlier that day, uh, you had FBI Director Ray issued, uh, issued a warning. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're
4: seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. So I'd encourage you
0: to stay vigilant, because as the first line of defense, protecting our communities, you're often the first to see the signs that someone may be mobilizing to violence. So, who is this first line of defense that Director Ray is talking to? Now, remember, we're dealing with the the aftermath of uh, an an attack from Hamas from Gaza into Israel, in other words, across a border. Uh, by the way, a border that was um, had a wall and had other barriers to entry, had checkpoints that made people that that tried to make people go through. Um, so, in that situation, who do you think would be the first line of defense? Well, uh, according to Director A, it's the um, chiefs of police. He was speaking at the International Association of Chiefs of Police. I think if the if we've gotten to the chiefs of police, we've gone past the the first line of defense. I think we're into a secondary, maybe even a tertiary line of defense. Because a couple days before the Hamas attack, uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said, uh, dealing with other reporting, says that there is no new administration policy with respect to border walls. What what was the reporting was talking about? The nearly seven million illegal border crossings that uh, um, that that have been recorded, the record level of of gotaways, of uh, of intercepts, uh, of encounters. They're not planning to make a change. I wonder are 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 they looking at the facts of hmm, Hamas atta- uh, attacked by going across a border. We have a border that, contrary to what everybody is saying, is not secure. Maybe that's a place we should focus. Maybe that would be the first line of defense against a similar attack, is knowing who's coming into this country. Maybe we want to look at people with, again, maybe we just want to know Who's coming to this country? Know where they're coming, and if they're not here legally, maybe we don't want to let them in. And if we catch them, maybe we won't want to send them home. Then again, maybe some of our problems are actually here already. I don't mean terrorists that have come in. I I mean um uh, there's really some warped and demented people when they look at a situation like this. I've been pointing out some of them as, as news comes. But we now have a, a professor at Cornell University. Um, he, he made a statement and then um, was interviewed about it and actually doubled down on it. Talking about the Hamas attacks on October 7th, he said, it was exhilarating. It was energizing. And if they weren't exhilarated by this challenge to the monopoly of violence, by the shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be human let's see, the inhuman attack on civilians, the cruelty of raping women in the streets, of killing whole families, of beheading children, beheading infants, um, killing children. um, He finds that exhilarating. Now, he did come back and say, well, listen, what I was referring to is those first few hours when they broke through the apartheid wall. This seemed to be a symbol of resistance in the Palestinian struggle. Um, interesting. they call it an apartheid wall These are now two separate countries uh, Remember, Israel said Okay, you've got Gaza Palestinians, you want Gaza? You've got Gaza That's a border There's a wall there Because Hamas has a habit of Oh, I don't know Attacking Israel across that border He refers to that as apartheid I think most people would refer to that as um, security See, maybe if if Hamas and other people didn't use Gaza as a staging ground to uh attack Israel they'd be less interested in maintaining a wall but also remember it was those first few hours when uh Hamas fighters Hamas terrorists flew um paragliders and killed hundreds of innocent civilians at a, at a music festival um it was it was the first few hours when they uh attacked a town and and went door to door busting in and killing people. Uh, it was the first few hours when they were raping women in the street and then taking them hostage to use as human shields against any retribution, any punishment for their inhuman actions. And he finds this exhilarating. Now, I, will give, I might even give the professor a benefit of doubt. Maybe facts have been hidden from him. It's not because they're not there. It's, it may simply be because, well, he just doesn't want to see them but the facts are still there. Rather like the scene from A Christmas Carol, where um, I think it's A Ghost of Christmas, Christmas Past shows um, Scrooge uh, ignorance and want, and Scrooge asks him to hide them behind his robe. He says, they're hidden, but they're still there. The facts may be hidden, but they're still there. They're stubborn. They don't want to let go. They they take a little bit of time and effort to investigate, but you know what's interesting is it's actually liberating to find out the facts. It's one thing to, to hold a position or, de- or defend a position based solely on your understandings, solely on uh, what you've been told. So the problem is that when that gets challenged, you've got no defense. But it's when you have facts and data and the courage to use them That these facts move from simply being hidden behind uh, a mask or or under piles of manure to something useful, something functional, something we can use. Put another way, a compass cannot help you navigate if it's hidden. What did Jesus say? You you don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. Hiding this information doesn't make it useful. It's when it's exposed. It's when you you can. Look at the the compass that you can navigate around the world. It's when we take the, the the candles and the lamps and we take them out from hiding that they illuminate a room. It's the same with facts. It's when we take facts out of their hiding place that they become powerful and that they can not only help us guide ourselves, but help us show others the truth. We can't make them follow it. We can't make them listen to it. We can't make them accept it. But we've done our job if we merely show it to them. The responsibility then becomes theirs. What's the old saying? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, ignorance of the facts is no excuse either. We, We like to use it of those. I didn't know, but that doesn't change the facts. And are, and are the fact that we don't know them and we make decisions that harm ourselves or harm others, the, the the fact that, well, I didn't know is not an excuse. Or I was I was just following orders. I was just following what I had been told. It didn't work so well for the Nazis in Nuremberg. Why should it work for people today? You know, I like to say, you know, people say that what you don't know won't hurt you. I like to say what you know that just ain't so is what really bites you in the backside. It's this idea of, of hiding behind other people's filter of of what you know. Facts are stubborn things, but it takes effort to find them. But the finding of the of the fact, the finding of the stubborn thing is what makes it so valuable. I mean, think about it. If gold were as plentiful as lead it would not have its value. If diamonds were as common as rocks, they would not have value. In much the same way, if facts were just as readily available as as picking them up off the street, they wouldn't have the value. Which makes me wonder, when we depend on fact-checkers and experts and simply are unwilling to find out for ourselves, where does that leave us? It leaves us enslaved to whoever we depend on. If you only know what the fact-checkers tell you is true, what happens when the fact-checkers are wrong? You're enslaved to their ideas. When you only believe what the political party tells you, when you only believe what the, the newscaster tells you, when you only believe what the trusted source tells you, you are enslaved to their point of view and however they wish to use it. But when you go off prospecting in search of facts, in search of the truth, well, see, then you're free. Yes, it takes work, but that's the value of it. I mean, how many people did not suffer an adverse reaction to the mRNA uh, injection because they sought out the facts about it? They realized it had not been properly tested, and therefore they weren't going to take it. They realized that the question of its efficacy had not properly been answered, therefore they weren't going to be to, to risk it. and now, as we see more and more more and more people who have been vaccinated seem to be the ones that are going to the hospital with COVID. Um, maybe they were right. Now, it's possible they could have been wrong. That's that's also true. But what's interesting is by searching for the facts, not what the expert told us, not what the bureaucrat told us, but the facts, in many ways, they were able to protect themselves from an adverse outcome, even the possibility of an adverse outcome, because they sought not the expert, but the facts. Don't get me wrong. Experts can have a very important role if the experts are helping you understand the facts. That's why I come here and I I try to, I quote the Constitution. I quote our founding fathers. And in my articles, I have links to go find them because I don't want you to trust it just because I said so. But I want you to show the facts. I want to use my expertise to help you find and understand the facts not to simply claim it's a fact because I said so. Now, I want to take a look at what you can do to both investigate and to find the facts and use them to protect yourself. It doesn't always work, but it's always a good thing to try. But before I do that, I really have to take a break. Uh, Before I go, though, I want you to please check out the Constitution Study website and especially the Patriots Program. The website is constitutionstudy.com. The Patriots program is constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. It's a site designed to help you search for facts. There's a news feed on there where this is news articles that I found that I thought think you might find interesting. You can find that there. You can find my articles, my videos. Most of all, you can find the Patriots program. This is where we are helping people to, build an education to learn to study facts, and then how to use them, how to, how to f- educate yourself on the facts, how to communicate those facts, and then how to use those facts. It's all available there at theconstitutionstudy.com. Again, if you check out the Patriots program, at least check out the boot camp. See, before you can become a patriot, you have to take the boot camp, it's just kind of like joining the military. And if you pass the boot camp and, and agree to our, our, our oath, then you get to join. The Patriots program, and you can find all that information at ConstitutionStudy.com/patriots. Now, before I go, you know, one of the most important things to be to live a healthy life is to get a decent night's sleep. Sometimes it's hard, you know, your mind. You know, you go to bed and your mind's racing, and you got all these things to get done, and you, you know, the, maybe you reach for one of those sleep supplements, right? Maybe uh, a hormonal-based one, but the problem is it can disrupt your hormones. It can make them less effective. Well, the wellness company has a product that is designed to help you sleep without the hormones, and without the chemicals. Restful sleep uses natural ingredients to calm your mind, to reduce stress, so you can get a better and more restful night's sleep without worrying about hormone disruptions. Gluten-free, made in the USA, based on documented research, and vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company, Restful Sleep is one of the many great products available from the wellness company. Since you're an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off products and off your first month of membership if you use the code Out Loud. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. But basically, go to the wellness company, look at their products, look at their membership. When you check out, use that code Out Loud. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, And as a thank you, you get 25% off products and your first month of membership.
3: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
4: Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy?
0: Welcome back Everyday Americans, you have rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're looking at the fact that facts, while stubborn things, are often hidden things. And it's the hiding of the facts that um, generally lead to unintended and in some cases uh, damaging consequences. We talked about the uh, the facts about the Hamas attack and um what the Biden administration is doing, what America as a whole is doing to defend themselves against a potential terrorist attack, uh, which is uh, not, in my, my opinion, uh, not much, not nearly enough. We talked about the facts of several uh, uh, individuals, uh, let's say statements about the uh, the Hamas attacks and, and uh, America's policies and, and the hidden facts behind that. We even talked about the uh, uh, the the hiding the facts about who you know the, the people who are supporting Hamas. Who are they actually supporting? And uh, to to get it to find it thrilling and exhilarating to see attacks that include the killing of of babies and the uh, the raping of women in public, raping period, but especially in public. There's a lot of facts that we have to deal with there. Now, one place where we assume facts make a difference would be in court. Right? Uh, anybody remember the, the line from, uh, what was the old detective story? Just the facts, ma'am. I can't remember the name of the program, but that was, that was, that was like the tagline. Just the facts, ma'am. Because they wanted to look at the facts. Well, here's some recent facts. Um, the federal court system is no longer there to protect your rights. I mean th- that may be their claim status, but it's not what they are doing. Take for example uh, a recent Supreme Court, actually a pair of decisions on the same case. See the the, the um, understand when the federal government passed the National Firearms Act, um, they established in law what is a firearm. Now the National Firearms Act is unconstitutional because it's designed to infringe on the rights. Of protected by the Constitution of the United States. But that's not my point here. In the law, there's a definition for a firearm. And if memory serves, it includes, um, it has the the firing mechanism and the trigger and all that. There's a problem, at least from the gun grabber's point of view. If you actually look at an AR-15, it's not a firearm by legal definition. Now, this has led to a lot of agita and a lot of ATF rules that are trying to well, act as law. Recently, one of the rules involved saying, well, listen, if you have a a partially completed firearm, in other words, a, a something that is um, readily convertible to a weapon, uh, which by the way they never define what is a readily convertible to a weapon now the ATF wants to call that a a firearm so you get a a stamping of of a um a receiver and you something you could you know finish up and turn into they want to call that a firearm now here's a problem here's a, here's a fact that's a rule not a law rules in this country are not supposed to be laws let me say it again Rules in this country are not supposed to be laws. Only Congress can pass laws. All legislative, all lawmaking powers vested in Congress. So the, when, whenever any agency simply makes up a rule, um, the, the court recently had, they came up with what they called the Chevron defense. And there's the idea that the court would simply, when the law was ambiguous, they would defer to the agency to make it up on their own. Right, completely unconstitutional, but they've done it. And in a recent case, they've done it again. Uh, this involving um what's what what is commonly scarily referred to as ghost guns. Again, those those partially what we what most people refer to as an 80% receiver, uh, something that is mostly a gun, but not done yet. They want to call those uh they want to call those firearms. Now, why? Well, the problem you have is if you make your own gun, you do not have to serialize it. You do not have to register it. It is perfectly legal for you to make your own firearms. A lot of people don't realize that, but it is perfectly legal. You don't have to serialize it. You don't have to register it. Under It is legal. It's your property. You created it. So people started a whole business in these partially completed firearms, what are commonly referred to as 80% lowers. Uh, the uh, the term refers to the lower part, the lower receiver of an AR-15. You get it 80 percent done, then you can bolt on the barrel and the rest of the parts to turn it into a firearm. But it, the the gun grabbers are so afraid of this. What do you mean? You could have a firearm that we don't know about. Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? Well, in the eyes of the of the gun grabbers, because well, we need to know everything. I mean, what if we suddenly decided one day we needed to to confiscate these weapons? What if, you know, we we suddenly have a a red flag law and we want to um take your guns away because we someone has decided they're afraid of you. Uh we have to know where all your guns are otherwise you can't confiscate them all. And they've gotten support from the Supreme Court, which is really kind of odd. You know, for the last couple of years, the court has been pretty focused on the actual language of the Constitution um so far, not in this case, because not once but twice they have vacated a, a Texas district judge, uh, a U.S. district judge for Northern Texas in his um, suspension of the rule, the ATF rule. And again, the very idea that ATF can simply make up a rule to redefine parts of a law is the, the antithesis of a republic. If the if the uh if the bureaucracy can effectively make law or change the language of the law or the intent of the law without going through a representative process, we are no longer a republic. And uh the courts, at least the Supreme Court, has said, yeah, we're down with that. Now, both of these cases, these were emergency requests. The the court did not say why. They did not give a, a reasoning behind that. Which means this is going to have to end up at the Supreme Court, where they can explain to us why, or you know, they can decide whether or not this rule holds up to constitutional muster. If you're holding your breath that the court will get it right, um, I wouldn't. They've been better than in previous years, but uh, again, you're still dealing with lawyers who didn't study the most likely didn't study the Constitution. They studied constitutional law or a judge's opinion about what the Constitution should say in their mind. So, what can we do about this? What can we, the people, do? Well, again, I already pointed out we need to be looking for the facts. That means we need to go to the horse's mouth. We need to look at the experts. I'm sorry, we need to look not at experts. We need to look at the original documents. Make sure I get that right. Original documents, whatever possible, find out for ourselves what this is. The next thing we need to do is recognize the limits of the powers of these entities. Again, the ATF. Um, uh ATF's rulemaking power is uh, unconstitutional because you're taking legislative power out of the hand of Congress and putting it in the hand of the executive, a viol- a power not de- a, a, an ability, a power not delegated to, to either Congress or the executive branch. So, um, it's unconstitutional, which, by the way, means it's void, which is where we need to educate others. Um I was recently interviewed about, among other things, and they they want me back to talk about um, Tennessee's House Bill 726. Last session, uh, the Tennessee House introduced Bill number 726, and it it was meant to uh, update our Tennessee Code annotated to um, basically protect the rights of citizens of the state by establishing a, a codified mechanism for a state nullification. In fact, the title of, of it is known as Restoring State Sovereignty Through Nullification Act. And it's a, again, it, it creates a, a codified process to first object to and find and, and, and then support the unconstitutionality of certain federal acts and make them effectively null and void within the state of Tennessee. Uh, that, by the way, is a very it didn't pass in the last Congress. It's going to be reintroduced in the next Congress, next state legislature. So not Congress, state legislature. So um there are people that are that are looking saying, hey, how can we um how do we promote this? How do we get this pushed forward? How do we get our representatives to support the idea of Recognizing that the federal government is limited by the Constitution. And when they step outside of that, it's not only the power of the state, it is actually the duty of the state to step in and protect their citizens from unconstitutional activities, whether they be federal, state, local, that's that's their job, that's their their responsibility. Uh, so if you if you want to find out more, there's a, there is a group that's working on this. Um they are the tennessee citizens for state sovereignty tncss.weebly.com and you can find out more uh, i will they, they've asked me to come back and do a a deep dive interview on um HB 726 and you know we'll 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 talk about it but it's understanding that the facts are the federal government is limited. Tenth Amendment says if we didn't if the Constitution doesn't specifically say the federal government can do the United States can do this, they are not allowed. That power belongs to someone else. It's recognizing the fact that the states are the creators of the federal government since they ratified the Constitution and they ratified a, a, any amendments to the Constitution, therefore they get to tell the federal government what it can do, and um, they're the ones that are meant to keep the federal government in check. Now, there's another example here, and I talk about this a lot, and I just saw this. I'm kind of interested. But um, again, back here in Tennessee, the uh, our legislatures are trying to figure out how they can wean themselves off of federal education funds. Uh, see, the, the, the Speaker of the House and the Lieutenant Governor formed a 10-member panel. Um, they call the Joint Work- Working Group on Federal Education Funding. And they want to review what funding state and local governments in Tennessee receive from the federal government, how the funding is used, whether the state could provide the same services, and whether it would be feasible to reject the funds. Now, some of you may be saying, why would people want to reject federal funds? Well, two reasons. Uh, First of all, it's a bribe. This this is the federal government giving you money so they can then tell you how to live your life. It's no different than the mafia, saying, sure, we'll, we'll fund your little project. Now you must do what we say because, well, we've basically got you. So, first of all, it's a bribe. Second of all, this money is unconstitutional. You're committing, you're actually participating in a crime. Why? Because the Constitution doesn't delegate to the United States the power to regulate education, the power to fund education. Therefore, this is criminally uh, um, embezzled money Do you want to be an accessory after the fact to federal embezzlement? Again, people don't think this way. I do because I'm weird, but it's the facts of the matter. Since education is not a federal power, regulating education, since funding education is not a, a, a federal power, it is a violation of the 10th Amendment, the supreme law of the land, for the federal government to spend this money, Tennessee cannot tell the federal government don't don't spend this money they can decide whether or not they want to be involved in it whether they want to be accessories to it now i i'm unfamiliar with this group in fact i'd like to see a little bit more about this uh because again education funding is something i'm i'm somewhat interested in but here's the other thing i hope they will do and if anybody knows anybody on the working group uh i'd be very interested to 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 talk to them when they look at whether or not it's, it's, was it uh, feasible to reject the funds, I hope what they're looking at is, this is how much money we get. This is how much it costs us to fulfill all the federal regulations, that all the strings that are tied to that federal funding um, is the juice worth the squeeze. In other words, are the regulations, the cost of fulfilling the regulations greater than the money they receive? That's one way to look at it. I simply look at it as, listen, do you wish to be uh, an accessory after the fact to embezzlement and bribery? Again, interesting, interesting point of view. But let's go back. We're dealing with, we're trying to find the facts. Now, whether that fact be the federal government at Department of Education is illegal, it is void because it is not exercising a power. Congress didn't have the legal authority to create the Department of Education because that's not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, it's neither necessary nor proper for the federal government, for the Congress to pass such legislation. Therefore, that's an unconstitutional act, according to... Um, Alexander Hamilton, Federal 78, Marbury versus Madison, Ex parte Sebald, Norton v. Shelby County. That means that act is void. That means the Department of Education doesn't legally exist. Therefore, any money they take is fraud and embezzlement. Any money they spend is fraud and embezzlement. Um, those are facts. Now, they're inconvenient facts for a lot of people, but they are facts. And I would love people, go on, challenge facts, double-check them. Look up those uh, court cases. They're all available easy online. Look at the Federal 78. It's easy available online. Look at the 10th Amendment. Power not delegated to the United States. Look at Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. Congress can only spend, can only uh, collect taxes, do three things. Education is not one of them. Because the uh, uh, the general welfare of the United States, capital U, capital S, the proper noun, Of the union, not the independence, the individual states, the several states, or the people. See, that's the thing about facts. When people challenge you have your facts, you're not relying on your own understanding. This is what the 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 the, these facts say. These are the details. Um, It is very, uh, it's very exhilarating, very freeing to have that basis for what you believe. And that literally is what we're trying to do here at the Constitution Study. It's bringing you facts and data and information you can use, which is why I hope you'll come back. I'm not saying I should be your only source. You'd have lots of sources, but I hope you'll come back and listen to the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. All episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after the radio. So if you can't listen live, you can find the podcast. It's great to share with friends and family. It's great to share on the internet. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but I do ask that you subscribe to the show. Leave ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as I keep telling you, it, 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 it's not enough to simply know this. Knowledge is not power until it's put into action. So I ask you to share. I don't care how far and how wide you share. I don't care if you just say it with one friend or one neighbor, but I do ask you to share this information, share these links. By doing so, you are helping to share the blessings of liberty.